Hello and welcome to Unmuted Unmastered. My name's Will and this is the most cryptographically challenging music podcast on the internet. Didn't get any laughs for that one, Omar. Nope, got nothing. <laughs> I'm joined by James. Hello. And Tom. Hello. On the show this week, we're going to be reviewing the new More Mother album. I've got a live review of LCD Sound System at Brixton Academy. And we've got the upcoming release you need to know about. But first, let's get into the news. Tom, what have you got for us? All right, let's go for it. There isn't that much to this story, but I kind of just want to cover it. Um, I will also flag, I do feel a bit like a granddad because I don't, I've never heard this game before and I didn't really know it was a thing. Hurdle is a music trivia game. It's been bought by Spotify in recent days. Um, this story is coming from, where's my main source? Gameindustries.biz. Um yeah, uh, it's 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 a similar it's a similar thing to a Wordle in the sense that it's a daily quiz app, but it is for music trivia. Listen to the intro of the song, figure out what it is. Very very basic concept. Um, Spotify are apparently now the big latest big tech firm to get into the gaming space by buying this. I presume they bought other game companies before, but it feels like they're just doing a Netflix or an Amazon or whatever else and getting into this space. Um, in effect, the game is going to stay exactly the same. The ownership has changed. However, some users, according to the BBC, have been reporting problems with stats and some people have been losing their maybe years-long run of, of, of um, hurdle days. Same way as you might lose your streak on Duolingo. I think people are getting very cross about that. Um, but it seems that those issues are being resolved. Um, that's about it, really. Spotify getting into the gaming sector, which I don't think it really means an awful lot. It's the same way they could get into the karaoke sector, but I don't think they're really going to bother to any extent. Um, yeah, that's about it. Not a lot of news this week. Spotify buys Hurdle. To be honest, um, yeah, I, I doubt it's like you could say really it's like a gaming sector. It's just like a small game, like a Wordle game, and like they're just really buying it because it's kind of related to music and there's like uh, something to buy because there's spotify um and then the same thing happened with wordle when it moved over to new york times everyone's stuff got reset then everyone cried about it but then it just fixed itself so it's funny because i play wordle every day i play another one called wordle which you have the like uh, yeah you have you get a country like the silhouette of a country and you guess what country it is um, and then I have another one, uh, which is like, you get scenes from movies and you guess the movie. But the thing is, I don't play Hurdle and you'd think that's the one I do play since I have a music podcast, but may maybe I need to get on top of that or maybe not now Spotify bought it. Uh, I'm not sure. We'll see. I mean, there's like, there's, the, there's the a Friday afternoon like... quiz at work, which is literally, I think it's, um, like Joe's pub quiz or something. And it's literally just posted as a link on Friday afternoons. It feels like that kind of game. See how many you get and just, you know, keep tally in the office or something. I don't think it has any more uh, appeal than that. Yeah, if if they'd gone out and bought, like, the rights to Rock Band or Guitar Hero or something, I would have thought that was a serious move for yeah. Spotify to go into the gaming space that might have been interesting. But yeah, I could, I could see them implementing this on the Spotify homepage as, like, a marketing tool. Like, guess what the song is? And, oh, guess what? It's the new Drake song, right? And now click the link to go to the page, the artist page, blah, 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 blah. Exactly, to go listen to it. And I'm sure on the back end they can get 
labels to pay to get their songs into the hurdle or whatever so yeah presumably it, it also clears like... up a lot of licensing issues as well just saying yeah we own it so they're just yeah. streaming from our services well admittedly i don't know how hurdle would have done it before i guess there would have been some kind of um license in place or some kind of library where they pull all the songs from um yeah. The other thing to note here is that Twitter user Brendan Hay uh, tweeted about his um, dissatisfaction at losing his stats. Uh, Hurdle and my Hurdle stats have been a regular source of tiny daily joy for me. Uh, so naturally, Spotify has to ruin that by taking over and deleting my old stats. So that, that, when we're talking about unhappy users, we're talking about mildly disgruntled um, people who have lost a little trivial part of their day. I said, man, that sounds so. That's so mean of me. I'm, I'm not. No, but I'm anyone sorry, who's Brandon. seriously upset about this, like, ah, yeah, it's just like? like it doesn't really matter anymore. We're all gonna die, but like, you know, if you're gonna, if you want to drive in the morning, you can do. Just like you know, it <laughs> doesn't really it. matter that much. <laughs> Fair on you, Brendan. Keep on playing it. Start over again. This is like your prestige in Call of Duty. You just start over again. Right. On that note, let's get on to our review for this week. We're looking at Jazz Codes by More Mother. It's her eighth studio album, released on the 1st of July 2022 on Anti. It clocks in at 43 minutes and 23 seconds, and it's 18 tracks long. Uh, she's billed it as a companion piece to her 2021 album, Black Encyclopedia of the Air. Uh, Bandcamp user Baron432 says, It's pointless to genre-define a genteel album like this. It's a sonic experience which is to be felt. Folks will come back to this as more time passes by. With that ringing in our minds, what did we think of this album? Let's start with Tom. Uh, the first thing to say is that this is a very, very challenging listen, um, purely because, as we said, it's pretty much genreless. even though I think in the spreadsheet we did pop it down as hip-hop, although I think that's a complete misnomer. Um, this is a very interesting, very dense, uh, and very big album. There are not lyrical hooks. There aren't, um, uh, melody lines or ostinatos or anything you can really follow. Although there kind of are, but they're not really. Um, it's one of those kind of albums. I compare this more to Radiohead, to something like, um, even like Kid A Amnesia, um, or I'm trying to think of like other soundscape albums, even like Brian Eno and like some more modern, um, even some little bits like Erica Badu has done, even bits like that. Um, this is naturally very challenging to listen. So giving it a week is probably not a fair um, assessment. And that also means that my current opinion is completely undefined. I know I've said this several times, but this is the week when I really, really mean it. I need more time to understand this album because this is so dense. It is so jam-packed, um, and it's just weird. It's just weird, man. Um, I don't know whether I like it or not. I was at Love Supreme Festival a couple of weeks ago, which was absolutely delightful. Um, saw a load of um, R&B and jazz acts. Love Supreme, obviously, for the the John Coltrane album of the of the same name. Um, but also, you would occasionally walk past, I think it's like, what was it, the New Generation Jazz stage or the New Jazz Generation stage? And they were like, he had a normal, like, um, quartet of 
a jazz band. So he had a drummer, he had a bassist, he had a keyboard player, and then maybe like a trumpeter or, or a saxophonist. But then the trumpeters just got a pedal board on the ground, and he and he has like these these like endless feedback echoes, and he likes makes stupid sounds just by starting it with his trumpet. It's that kind of thing where they've taken some really basic concepts and completely melted them until they make no sense at all. This is an exceptionally creative album. I see there's so much care and attention that's been put into this, but my, but more mother, my goodness me, I don't know where to start. Uh, you were talking about Love Supreme Festival and you've just reminded me that I need to talk about Carly Rae Jepsen at Bristol Pride. So I'm going to do it oh. now and for listeners, if you want to skip over this, I'm going to put a <laughs> uh, timestamp in the description if you want to get back to the review. Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen played Bristol Pride this weekend. I went to see her. It was fantastic. She didn't play a particularly long set. Uh, it was like 45 minutes. But uh, a real positive for me was that she came with a full band, so it wasn't just the backing tracks playing and her singing. It was like a proper band playing the songs. Um, and the track selections were pretty much spot on. I thought kind of the back half of it was maybe slightly weaker, um, but that's more my personal preference because she was playing kind of more recent stuff. Uh, so her new single, Western Wind... Cut to the Feeling, which I think is a good song, but not my favourite. Um, and a, a few other bits that are kind of like good, but not the ones I would have gone for. But overall, yeah, really enjoyed it. She's great. If you've got a chance to see her live, go and see it. And also, I will probably also, if she plays like a proper length set, I'll go again. You've finally seen her live. Right. How does it feel? Great. But they, there was no merch because it was a festival. Oh, no. Did you get in? Like... Did you get the fast track thing that you were talking about? Yeah, I got the fast track pass. I didn't really need it to get in, <laughs> to be honest. It wasn't it wasn't it was quite busy by the time Carly Ray went on. But like I went maybe an hour and a half beforehand and it like there were a reasonable number of people by the main stage, but it wasn't that busy at all really. For a free festival. I mean obviously I ask for donations, but for it actually like free to enter festival if you want it to be. Mm. It's not that big a turnout. Anyway, right, back to more mother. Uh Tom, you said it was challenging, but actually I found it quite an easy lesson, to be honest. Like when I wasn't trying to go in depth and get ready for the review today, when I've listened to it like I've listened to it quite a few times now over the course of the week. I found it quite easy to kind of sink back into and just kind of have on. It like I think it's that kind of reasonably smooth R and B and kind of hip hoppy sound that just kind of like flow and it all flows quite nicely together. And when I'm not paying that much attention, actually, all it kind of has this feeling of all of the songs kind of mushing together into this one continuous piece. So. I found that it was only really when I was like trying to listen for this review, which maybe is where you kind of found it challenging. When I tried to listen intently and kind of pull everything I could out of it, that's when it starts to become like, oh, there's so much here. And, you know, I want to talk about all of them. That, that was going to be my question. And I, def I definitely agree with you. Like just listening passively, it's really nice. Just keep on in the background. It feels like some kind of... I don't know, it's almost like video game background music. You just stay in the same area and you're not going to get bored of it. Um, but yeah, that was going to be my next question. How was it when you actually started to try and examine it and to analyse it? And I found it nigh on impossible to actually cling on to uh, particular elements or particular bits. There were words and there were like phrases and certain lines that came and went. But I found it quite um, 
Uh, I can't remember. There's a word. It'll come to me. So, yeah, I completely agree. And in that kind of more passive listening state, I think part of the reason it works or, or it's quite easy to listen to is kind of the sonic palette that they've chosen. And it's quite consistent throughout the record where the sounds are kind of drum machines and sampled drums. It's bass lines, often actual bass guitars, but often synth basses. And then a lot of the other sounds are horns and like electric pianos. So there's lots of like whirly and Rhodes type sounds across the album. And and partly I'd, I'd go back to how you're saying you kind of feel like it's genreless. For me, I feel like while it is very much its own thing, it's quite deeply rooted, partly because of those instrument choices in kind of R&B type sounds and and of hip hop type sounds and kind of going for that jazzy style of hip hop. And then kind of in the middle of the album, you do get a few more straight up kind of rapped songs that sound more like a traditional like jazzy hip hop track that we'll come on to later. Um, but yeah, a week really isn't long enough for for this record. This is one where I know, Tom, you've kind of cried wolf a bit on this over the course of the year in terms of come saying on. you need longer. But this is actually one where it, it I feel like, yeah, it does need a bit more time really to digest. But so far, I've been really enjoying listening to it. I think there's so many different things to pick out. I mean, I've got like four pages of notes and we're not going to have time to get through all of it, but it's just like every song has all of these elements that that are all really interesting to pick out. James? Yeah. Um, I feel like we're all thinking the same here. Like, it's a really... For me, it was sonically pleasant when listening passively. But when I was actively listening, trying to pick things out, it was all very overwhelming for me, and that kind of put a negative opinion on the album for me. Um, I, I yeah, so I definitely echo the whole thing with like a week not being enough. That's definitely true because that is so much, and I don't think I have had time to digest it. So that's probably where most of my negativity is coming from. Um, but saying that. Yeah, I, I kind of went into this um, thinking it was going to be more of like a an actual, actual, more of like a hip hop rap album, but it it more like that R and B jazz thing, which is fine. It's just not what I expected. Um, and with all the the sounds, all the textures, and all all the things they were trying to push into the album. I just didn't get the feeling there was a common thread that went through the album. Yes, there was like a lot of themes on the political state of America and um, some culture things, but I kind of just wanted there to be more and them them to more them to address that more and me being able to hear it because most of the time it did feel like these vocals were being used as instruments and they did feel like really mumbly. I know they're there to like go alongside the instruments to add texture and everything like that. But it was just with the limited time I had with it. It's just, it just didn't vibe with me. It, it didn't, it didn't show itself enough to me. I did think there was a lot of elements in there that didn't need to be 
So especially when we're listening actively, when we when we are um, really trying to listen to it and um, reviewing it, like you you do pick out those more weird elements where there's this guy in the background singing, talking in a really weird tone that's out of tune and it's just scratched me the wrong way. But if I was listening to it, like, um, passively, sitting down, just enjoying it, maybe doing something else. And that's how I listened to it the first time and that's how I listened to most of the albums the albums the first time just like passively in the background it was it was enjoyable because i didn't i didn't focus on the things i didn't like so much and they kind of they really became part of the bigger picture whereas i was really picking those things out when i was listening to it in a review headspace mindset um and kind of leading on from the common thread, I think this is kind of a thing for hip hop, R and B, anyway. Like the, the tracks felt they were like really short and it didn't feel developed. They all kind of felt like interludes, um, and that did help it like flow as like one big track. But I did want some to pop out as their own song their own thing and to them for them to develop a bit more and me be able to just listen to them on their own and be able to recognize them because i don't think i'd be able to recognize or and name any of these any of these tracks um but just like the whole this whole sonic feel of it was over was 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 good overall, like did like the overall sound and the instruments are used. It's just when you dig deeper for me, it just didn't work. Right, let's go track by track then. Um, we are gonna have to go a bit speedily through this because there are so many tracks. Uh, the opener, Amzani. Uh, I really liked the kick drums in this track which is maybe a really weirdly specific thing to pick out but it kind of has this like frenetic energy but they're also like quite soft so it's in the background but it does kind of it gives the this track maybe like this kind of more unique like sense of self compared to some of the ones a bit later on that do without listening that deep feel quite similar without it standing out as like punching you in the face to start the album like it does kind of build you into it and also there's this uh like plucked string part that goes throughout and there's a really nice effect actually that it when the velocity lowers it almost loses its harshness and i don't know if that's just it kind of falling backwards in the mix and losing some of that high frequency space um but it does make it feel maybe a bit more real where i assume it's kind of a sampled instrument yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I can't quite tell. It's you've clearly got like one plux high string, I think, on the harp, and then there's a little run on the harp, and I almost think they've been recorded separately, but they are put in such a way where it feels like they are a similar line. So I think that's I think that's what you're hearing, but it's it's a it is a really uh, pretty little tidbit to have over the top, but I don't quite know what it's sitting over. The other thing on the kick drum as well is that the frequency range is really similar to the actual bass itself, which seems to be uh, like a bass guitar or a bass synth 
sub an octave. So it's very, very low and it almost fits in with the um, kick drum really nicely. So it's got this kind of weird, almost um, bouncy feel to the kick drum. It seems to bob around on a frequency spectrum as we're going along, which is actually quite an interesting effect. But again, it was something where I listened to this track and I went, oh, wow, there's going to be a lot here. Yeah, this, like, yeah. It it felt like the intro to this album, and it was the intro to this album. Um, I it it did give the, give the experimental vibes of the whole thing, um, and I I really enjoyed the the uh, the vocals of like Quantum Black in the moments. That was really cool. Um, it didn't feel like a the main song, but like I said, it is the first track, and I think it set everything up quite nicely. Weirdly, I don't know whether um other people thought it april 7th feels more like the intro than it does um umzamzi i almost wonder what would happen if you swap those two tracks around it feels like it's kind of like a i don't know coldplay-esque interlude and that's almost the intro to the album maybe it's just maybe that's just me i guess the thing is that that first track is so short they almost doesn't matter like i i, I enjoyed it as the opener but also it's so short that if you like the second track more, you're probably not going to have turned off by that point anyway. So mm. it, I think it kind of works either way. Uh, just a bit of a tidbit to throw in here. In the fall of 2021, according to Wikipedia, uh, More Mother became an assistant professor at the University of South, uh, University of Southern California's Thornton School of Music. Oh. So when we're saying that the production is really good, that might be part of it yeah well it's also but something she, the last thing i expected she's literally a lecturer at ucal that's very interesting There's a lot of tension here, which isn't really ever released, hence why it feels a little bit like an interlude. Once it silences, you go, oh, that's relief. Now I'm ready to start. That was my kind of read on it, but maybe that's just a different uh, listening experience. Yeah, the chord progression caught my ears as well, and it just kind of added to the whole atmosphere of the track, which it had a lot of. So yeah, it was good. This was one of the tracks where Melanie Charles was a collaborator and I might group this with actually track six as well, Woody Shaw. They both feel like fairly traditional like neo-soul R&B tracks and they both felt really, really nice. I clung onto these a lot and they both felt really, really nice um, and they're not too far away from like just being able to jam over them and just join in on the guitar. It's that kind of track, which is really, really nice. This isn't too dissimilar from what I would expect yeah, five or six people in a room jamming just to come up with and just sort of riff off, um, which makes it feel really organic. I really like this and I really like Woody Shaw for very similar reasons. They both felt really, really um, uh, soulful. 
no ego really nice uh the next track's just kind of an interlude basically so we'll jump on to ode to mary um i really like how expressive the bass is in that one where it's got like it's got kind of hard stops there's a moment where it almost like fades out i'm not quite sure how they've done that Mm. there are a bunch of ways they could have done it um but yeah it just like really has this kind of like dynamic feel to it where it's doing lots of different techniques and the other thing i noticed is that the snare sound is just great like it's this kind of big like mushing together of a few different snares and a clap sound and it it oof perfect yeah, and again, the intro stands out for me here. It's such a nice, pretty way to start a song. And that's, again, another route back to traditional R&B and neo-soul. Just a little intro, which colours the rest of the track so nicely. And it's just such nice ear candy to begin with. It's just like, hello, here's what we're going to do. Here's the song. Um, I really, really like just those, like, even the first 10 seconds was delicious. Um, not to say the rest of the track was rubbish, but that was something that really stood out to me. Again, up to anchor me as I was listening to this. We've talked about Woody Shaw, so let's jump onto Meditation Rag. Um, the intro, it kind of opens with these kind of synth soundscapes, but then it, it brings in lots of natural sounds, which I, I kind of like that juxtaposition, where it's got kind of breathing in there. It's got like a kind of forest soundscape in there. And it's also got kind of people talking, so it's it's almost got like, four different scenes it's setting all at once and i think that's part of this kind of on the surface it sounds quite straightforward and when you're listening to it in the background you might think this is a really nice but kind of you know by the numbers r&b jazzy hip-hop record when you get into it here it's like it's setting up all of these different things that then come together later in the song which i think is like this really interesting concept and it's pulled off really well the lyrics as well almost felt like stream of consciousness. They almost, they ride that line between complete nonsense and profound really nicely. It didn't feel out of place entirely. And there was a point where um, I felt like it was being distracting, but also like I couldn't really anchor myself to any of the lyrics. It's certain it's sat in a very interesting space. Again, why I made the connection with um, Radiohead. I listened to things like Kid A. Yesterday I woke up sucking on lemon. It doesn't mean anything in itself, but it's also not distracting from the rest of the song. So it, I, I really saw some parallels there, even though the style and the delivery is very different. Um, this was also a track where there was almost no sense of rhythm, which I think makes it feel really jarring, especially after something like Woody Shaw as well. There may be a tempo track track here. I have no idea what the BPM is. I really couldn't tell you drums just sort of seem to come and go as to other rhythmic elements but there's no way of like telling time or like getting into the beat kind of reminded me of uh footwork in a forest fire which was on injury reserves album from last year where it it's got those kind of like um i don't know how to describe it like it's got kind of just the snare drum played with two hands right and it just kind of like you said tom it comes in and it goes out and it comes in and it goes out it's just kind of like, here's kind of a beat and maybe you can feel one, but it's, yeah, doing lots. The other thing I wanted to note in this song is that halfway through, there are these kind of like big belted out vocals that come in that I really enjoyed because, mm. again, it's bringing in something we haven't heard yet on the album. It's quite quite a contrast to the kind of 90s R&B on 
um, the Melanie Charles tracks. Shall we get on to So Sweet Amina then? Yeah, well, just thinking about that, it's this was a point where um, I felt me I get a little bit tired um, in the sense that there are a lot of competing vocals here and there's a lot of competing melody lines here and there's a lot of colour. There's a lot of... Um, um, there's a lot of texture here, which makes it very interesting to listen to, but also it's like massive. It's almost a little bit intimidating, whether that's the intention or not. Um, but yeah, it was interesting because you tried to hang on something, but there was literally nothing to hang on to. It was kind of just all there when I was listening to it. Yeah, this was the moment where I, when I was listening more intently and trying to pull stuff out where I was starting to feel a bit like worn down by the album where it there was just a lot going on eight tracks in you're kind of like okay i need something maybe a bit easier to latch on to and we'll kind of get onto that in the later tracks one thing i really did like in it though is uh the saxophone i don't think i've ever heard a more strained saxophone yep in my life like it's like right <laughs> to the edge of just becoming like garbled noise it's great yeah, I I actually enjoyed the the saxophone as well. Um, but yeah, the rest of the song is very, very like you're, you're drowning among all of these vocals, right? And it's interesting, but it's just like I just don't understand the intention behind the lyrics they added. But the overall sound of it is quite cool. The next track, "Dust Together," it opens with these quite like poppy chords, where it feels like it's maybe more of a pop styled r&b track and then it it starts to slow down and i was almost like oh i was really hoping for something kind of more direct not not because i necessarily think i want that from more mother but more just because at this point in the album after the last track i was wanting something to just eat more easily latch onto. but i think it does kind of get back to that with the vocals again later on in the track and it becomes maybe a bit more straightforward of a um R&B song which I appreciated even if it's got lots of other stuff going on underneath it I could just latch onto the vocal and be like okay this is going to pull me through it yeah this is one I could grab onto a bit more than the others um, yeah I really I really enjoy, enjoyed the instrumental one um, instrument, instrumentation of this track um, and yeah it, it felt more tangible um, I enjoyed the, the samples of the, like, the street um, and the I think it's a saxophone. It might be in trumpet. I can't remember now. But like that comes in towards the end. It sounds like it's it sounds like it's in another room, but it sounded interesting and it kind of added to everything really. The next track, rap gas, rap jasm, rap. Yeah, jasm. Rap. The next track, rap jasm. Uh, yeah, felt really like what I was kind of waiting for at this point, where it is just kind of a straightforward kind of jazzy hip-hop track um where the vocals are pushed more forward it's got kind of a for this album a more straightforward structure um and and it does just kind of give you almost a break from kind of the other tracks that kind of float together and i feel like when if you're just listening to this with this on in the background this is the track that that kind of jumps out to you as being oh here's something that feels distinct compared to all of the others 
Uh, and the other thing I'd like to mention is there's like the road sound, but it's clearly layered up because it's one of the most full sounding electric pianos I've ever heard. This is also, I've noticed a little, I think it's a trio, there might be another one, um, where Just Mad Nice was one of the collaborators. Um, I don't know what they were doing on the track, um, but I can hear like undertones of So Sweet Amina and Blame, which is coming up. I don't know exactly what it was, but it feels like they you can almost clump them together again just by the collaborator, which again is really interesting that firstly there are so many, I've counted at least what, eight names, ten names probably across the different tracks, but then also all the tracks are so cohesive and yet you start to analyze it in these little ways and connect up different collaborators and where they were. It's a really, really uh, intricate album. There's so much care put into this. Yeah, this is this is a track of like, okay, this is what, more of what I expected when I came into the album, which is not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just what I expected. And I think it was executed well. I just think maybe this could have happened more, but hey, I think I think it really wanted to go to that ex- experimental route rather than doing what everyone else has done. Uh, the next track, Blues Away, I really want to pick out because of the lyrics and I'm not normally someone to really pick up on lyrics, particularly in like the first week of listening, which is why I don't bring them up on the podcast much. I just leave it to James. <laughs> um, but in this one, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's got kind of this theme of you took the blues away from me and it's almost a blues track about not being able to sing the blues because you're actually happy and having that weird kind of dichotomy in your life where this thing like clearly something's going well for you and you're happy about it but you're kind of losing a part of yourself in the process I really liked that you took my ability away this week then because yeah I I didn't really understand this song Um, I just heard a lot of crying um sad voices and echoing and it was just a bit of a jumbled mess to me but now you mention it i want to give it another listen (laughs) i'm just skimming through if you're listening on spotify you have also got the lyrics here and i'm just getting skimmed through to the bottom because there are some interesting lyrics here um screaming lorraine 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 my my heart can't contain all the parts that i'm to blame i came back what's my name what's my name what's my name this is almost a song about identity and whether it's like performing and being on stage you've lost the reason that you started in the first place or it was taken from you yeah it's it's an interesting little track it feels uh juxtaposed to the rest because the theme is so uh obvious and it's so pertinent yeah you you mentioned something there tom um on i so i listen on apple music and i was trying to grab the lyrics on apple music like i normally do and there just wasn't any for the for the ones i checked anyway um and that's interesting i think i think that kind of that didn't help it basically for me like i i really did want to hear out listen to the lyrics and know what they were saying but i just couldn't get it up i mean i could have looked it up but i didn't do that um that's my homework Um, I'm just going to pick out three tracks that I really enjoyed off the rest of the album um, and I'll let you guys do a similar thing and just kind of talk about whatever else you want to and then we'll wrap up. Uh, Arm Save. There's like a sound in it that sounds like a balloon being released. I think it's just an instrument pitched up, but it just sounded really funny. Um, Real Trill Hours. Uh, It has this great arp, uh, arpeggiated sound in it. 
uh, that's kind of a bit bit crushed, so it has like a bit of edge to it. And I always love sounds like that, where it's like this really clean up, but with a little bit of distortion in there. Um, I really like the pitch shifted vocals as well. And it's got a great like moogie sounding bass line. It, it yeah, amazing. And then the the final one I wanted to talk about was barely woke, uh, which it's got a jungle beat. Of course, I'm gonna love it. Um, it's just got so much energy to it, and it really like caps off the album well, which almost makes the next two tracks, which are basically two interludes, feel a bit almost tacked on. Although the last track, I guess, kind of lyrically does kind of wrap up the album a bit. Um, but yeah, this one for me felt like musically was kind of the stopping point. Um, and it's got that 808 cowbell sound in it as well, which just put in your album. It's great. I love it. <laughs> Cowbells are good. Um, Barely Work is also one of those songs where, um, similar to some tracks I've talked about this year, it feels like something that I do not understand yet. And that makes it slightly uncomfortable listening, but it also feels like something that I need to listen to um, purely because of the subject matter. It is literally about waking up to truths that probably people either don't know are there or would rather not confront. And I think that's a really... Uh, well purely it's an interesting song but also it's something that challenged me as a listener purely because of who i am um so i want to revisit that one i want to spend some time dissecting that one particularly yeah i'll pick out two i didn't like so much and two i did like so contrary to what you said about real trill hours will um yeah i i found the voice effects unbearable actually um I didn't like them at all. They were just they were just hard to listen to, and I didn't like it. But the rapping was okay. The, yeah, that bit was good. It was just at the start, I was just like, I want to skip the song straight away. Um, so that was that one. And track 17, which was Noise Chism, um, I didn't feel like that needed to be there. That's all I got for that, really. It just felt forced in. Um, two, I did like, though barely woke oh just before we go on noise chism i i like the idea of being like we're gonna do an interlude but instead of your normal rap interlude where it's like people just talking we're gonna do a synth experiment like that's kind of cool it's it's kind of like what squid did on their album but yeah it just at this point in the record it does feel a bit maybe tacked on sorry go ahead that's right um then yeah ba barely woke is something i do like um I just felt like I could pick out the lyrics a bit more and I don't know, it, it just felt cool, interesting and I just wanted to keep listening, which is a good thing, obviously. Um, and the style of rapping was good because um, it felt a bit different. <laughs> um, and then also the last track, um, which is Thomas Stanley, Jazz Code's outro. Um, the outro. Um, I felt like the the... Um, what do you call them? Lyrics are talking that was happening, the, the sample or whatever. It was just really interesting talking about jazz and interesting jazz stuff. And I think I think it was quite quite a nice thing to end on. It's like a cherry on top to a to a pastry I didn't like so much. <laughs> <laughs> I will say uh Thomas Stanley Jazz Goes Outro. I've been 
searching through this album trying to find a bit that stood out to me a lyrical hook which stood out to me and coincidentally it is literally the last line on the album somewhere between c sharp and b natural b natural b natural and i firstly i didn't pick up that that was literally the outro secondly i find it interesting that it denoted the outro so well and it just cuts off and you can loop back again but you've gone oh i know we've gone to the beginning um which is really interesting the uh, the literal spoken word part of it as well the idea of going back to the roots of jazz and jazz may have meant anything you know it, it could have meant sex for everything that we knew but actually go back to its roots and go back to what it really means and you found yourself it almost feels like um uh if if like in blue if like in blues away more mother was losing herself this is where the music is found again and i find that really interesting and i wonder whether that is another way to divide up this album and think almost before and after the music is found um which again i've i've never bothered to 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 invest in artists metaphors for their album and go oh this is about this stage of my life and this is about that stage and oh this represents my arc and this journey but like this one i actually feel like i want to discover a bit more very very peculiar but um yeah i think if that outro wasn't there i wouldn't have given this much more of a thought but the fact that that's now just connected some dots in my head that's taken this to a new level in my mind Right, let's ask the all-important question then. Should our listeners check this album out? James? Uh, nah. Tom? Uh, yes, you should, but be warned. It is uh, extraordinarily complex. Yeah, I'll say yes as well, and I'll, I'll add to that by saying you should probably just have this on in the background at least a few times before you try and delve in, because you'll start to peel back the layers naturally. And maybe doing that over a longer period of time is a more sensible way of doing it than what we've tried to do this week. <laughs> um, right, let's get into ranking it. Uh, as of last week, we've sto- I've stopped reading out the list because I-, I just can't be bothered. There are 25 albums now. Um, where are people thinking of putting this? Uh, and then we'll get into voting when we know roughly where it should go. It's at least Beach House. It's probably a little higher. Yeah, I'm thinking around somewhere just below or just into the top 10. I don't mind it going uh, up there, but that's not where I'd put it. I'd put it like just above Sweet Pill. Sweet Pill, so we're looking... Okay. Oh, goodness, 23. Let's start there then. Should it go above Sweet <laughs> Pill? Yes. Yeah, above Sweet Pill, yeah. Should it go above Burial? Yes. Yes. Nah. <laughs> We we could be we could be here for a while. Where are we going to jump to? Should it go above Beach House? Yes. Yes, it should. Should it go above Bodega? Yes. Yeah. Should it go above Yard Act? Yes. Yep. Should it go above Whatever the Weather? Yeah. No. (gasps) Which means it goes in at number ten. Nice. That's interesting. I probably would have gone. Would it have been better than Bonobo? No, I would have gone number eight. I would have gone number eight. So number 10 is fine. I'll take that. Yeah, I just think I really enjoyed Whatever the Weather. And I think it's it's just an album that I know. And this is me kind of extrapolating from previous experience. I think that's an album I'm going to come back to more than this one. Right. Uh, I just wanted to chat quickly about 
LCD sound system who I saw live now two weeks ago as this episode releases, but I forgot to talk about it last week on the show. Um, I saw them as part of their week-long residency at Brixton Academy in London. Um, Jess saw them as well, actually, but on a different night, so we kind of we were two ships passing without sails in the open sea i don't know what that means really um first off actually on a few weeks ago i mentioned james wrighton was releasing his debut album uh in our upcoming releases segment and for whatever reason i knew that he was like important somehow but i couldn't remember when we were doing the episode like who he was now i have because he, he used to be in Claxons, who are a band I like a lot. Um, and now he's doing solo stuff. But also he was supporting LCD Sound System on this night. So that might have be where I heard about him from. Oh. <laughs> or maybe from somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe it was the Claxons thing. Um, but yeah, from what I gathered, uh, he usually has a band behind him. But it was mm. just kind of him singing with a backing track and occasionally him playing a piano. It was like an actual piano as well. I was quite impressed. Like, I don't know why you would need one, just have a stage piano, but he had a full-size piano out there. Um, but yeah, decent as a warm-up. He played go Golden Scans, which was nice, because I didn't really recognise any of his new stuff. Um, and then LCD Sound System themselves, uh, they, they were fantastic. It would have been nice to chat with Jess on the show as well, actually, about this. Um, but they played a nice mixture of kind of the songs you really want to hear and a few kind of, I'm not sure there are any songs you'd really call deep cuts, but a few like slightly different ones that, you know, you might not immediately throw in. So um, they played like Your City's a Sucker for Us and Emotional Haircut as well. Um, and I actually checked the set lists um, for the other nights to see like how much they changed. And it was kind of like, most of the songs that people would really want to hear were all kind of every night, like New York, I Love You But You're Letting Me Down, All My Friends, um, Daft Punk Is Playing At My House. But a few of the others, they were kind of switching in and out. So like on my night, we got uh, Losing My Edge, Bon Jess's night, they didn't get that, but they did get Get Innocuous. So, you know, it, 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 they were changing it up a bit, which I, I appreciate because... I feel like none of the set lists, at least the few that I looked at, none of them were any worse than the others. It was just different. And, you know, when you've got kind of a big discography like LCD Sound System, you can kind of get away with doing that. But yeah, overall, they were kind of a bucket list band for me to see live, and, and they really lived up to the hype. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, I can imagine a band like that be pretty incredible. And it is funny that Jess saw it as well, just different nights yeah we get to hear what she thought of it there was one moment when they were playing tonight where the bass was so loud like i physically couldn't breathe for a few <laughs> seconds because I, I don't really know what they were trying to do but it was just like this this synth bass and it they just cranked it way up <laughs> and by the end it was like it had come in and i you could feel it like yeah. right in your chest yeah. so i was like oof and then it'd stop and you'd catch your breath and then it'd come in again. It's like, oh, <laughs> don't know if I can handle this for much longer, but 
Yeah. Yeah. At some point, like those things happen. Like the, the base is like way high, and that's all you can think about at some point. But yeah. Yeah. From what I've heard, Brixton Academy is notoriously kind of boomy in the mm. sound system. Um, I will say that this was one of the times where putting in like noise cancelling earplugs improved the sound quality by a huge amount. Normally, mm. it's like in small venues, it kind of ruins it, and you can't hear anything. And then in the bigger ones, it generally, it tightens up the low end a bit. So it makes it a little bit better, but it's more or less the same. But for whatever reason, this one, it went from being kind of a muddy mess to actually sounding like pretty good with the earplugs in. So, Well, it sounds like the issue wasn't hearing the music, but feeling it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, for tonight, (laughs) that was an issue. I know, there were no points where I was worried really for my safety. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it was just like it was a bit much. Right, let's get on to upcoming releases then. Up first, Joey Badass is releasing a new album called 2000. Uh up next, Beach Bunny is releasing her sophomore record Emotional Creature. Sports Team are releasing their sophomore record called Gulp. Uh Julianne Baker is releasing a B-sides EP aptly titled B-sides. And finally, uh, an EP I found out about while I was looking at for upcoming releases this week. American band Peach Fuzz are releasing a new EP called Can Mary Dude the Moon. Which I don't know what that means. Um, but I listened to one of the singles from it. It sounds like a fun pop record, so I'd recommend checking that one out. That's it for upcoming releases, and that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Why don't you share this with a friend if you like the podcast? It's the best way to help us grow. If you'd like to hear more from us, you can follow us on Twitter at Unmuted Weekly or on Instagram at Unmuted Unmastered. You can drop us an email at unmutedunmastered at gmail.com. I can now announce that the album for next week is Double Knot by Naomi Alligator. <laughs>